guys, I'm Courtney Matsoki from Azuro Dream Travel, and this is Locali. 25 years ago, I fell in love for the first time. Off the airplane, I stepped onto Italian soil, and the smell of espresso bloomed my senses immediately. Walking through the airport, I noticed the sign, Benvenuto a Roma, and continued wide-eyed through the airport following other travelers. I grabbed my luggage at baggage claim and then on through customs and finally to the airport sliding exit doors. The doors slammed open and there I was, confronted with the unknown, just me and my suitcase in Italy. I didn't know it at that moment, but I was forever changed, a piece of my heart remaining in Italy no matter where I went. In fact, I was 17. It was 1997, and I had just arrived in Italy with my mother for a group tour with a large international tour company. My parents had ended their nearly 20-year marriage my senior year of high school, and my mother was looking to share something with me, a recent high school graduate, but to also rediscover herself, to start anew. She was an art teacher, an excellent painter to this day, and had always loved Italy, the culture, the art, the history— She wasn't sure how to plan the trip, so she called our local travel agency and booked a Best of Italy in 10 days or something like that. She always remembered traveling to Europe on a large group tour with her own mother right before marrying my father. Out of all the countries she visited on that trip, Italy had been her favorite place, and at that pivotal point in her life, she was looking for something. As I tell this story, I can't help but think of a photo she shared of her first European adventure with my grandmother. They were both sitting on the tour bus, smiling. My mother so young, beautiful, and hopeful. Italy's fatal charm had brought her back, and now there we both were, hoping to learn, to connect, to eat, to soul search. We started in Rome, like most large tours, and after this we headed to the Amalfi Coast. All of our hotels were three-star, clean, but we were lucky if we got air conditioning. And in July, you definitely want air conditioning in southern Italy if you're an American anyway. First stop after Rome, Sorrento. Later, it would be home to me, but at that moment, as our tour bus turned the corner high on narrow cliffs, ah, that view. There she was, a town overlooking the Bay of Naples and Mount Vesuvius, perched high above a glistening sea, built into the rocks, even the beautiful Isle of Capri at the end of the peninsula enamored trying to sneak a peek. So we checked into our hotel, partook in the vibrant nightlife, and then the next morning we woke up, ate breakfast, which consisted of a cappuccino and local fruits and pastries, and then we headed down by bus to Marina Piccola, where we boarded the hydrofoil, the fast boat, to the Isle of Capri. Now, throughout life, our paths diverge multiple times. But I look back at this moment and I think, By choosing to simply set foot on this island, Capri, that one specific day, a new path was formed and our lives were changed forever. Because at the Villa San Michele in Anna Capri, as he leaned over a balcony smiling and telling the history of this villa along with a few jokes, a local guide from Naples by the name of Pasquale Guida met eyes with my mother, she with him, And thus they began a 15-year love story that was just what our family needed. So what did we do at that point? Well, of course, the most logical thing to do when you find love in Italy while on a group tour. You leave the tour. As our tour group made their way to Florence, we stayed behind at Pasquale's apartment in the historic center of Sorrento, vowing to meet up with the group again a couple of days before they left Florence in order to finish the trip with the group. 
During those few days in Sorrento, while Pasquale worked during the day, 17-year-old Courtney and her mother wandered the cobblestone streets, shopped, woke up each day to an amazing spread of local fresh fruits and pastries. I'll never forget the figs. Meanwhile, Pasquale's curious neighbor Nello would knock daily, stand in the hallway in his robe, hoping to practice his English and make sure we had everything we needed. Over the next couple of days, my mother and I explored Sorrento and its surroundings by day, and evenings consisted of her being treated to romantic Sorrentine dinners with sea views, while I was put in the care of a few of Pasquale's close friends and colleagues, also tour guides, and taken for pizza and gelato, shopping, and spoiled by a few spots with killer views that only locals would know about. An adventurous soul myself, even at a young age, it's also possible that I came up with a couple of good excuses to turn in early so that I could wander the streets on my own. Over the years, Sorrento became home to me. When I was in the United States, I missed its vibrance, aromas, cuisine, making espresso on the gas stove in our home in one of Pasquale's ancient mochas, hanging my clothes to dry on the roof, cliff jumping in April cold waters, fresh pasta al tono during days at Marina Grande's piered beaches, Scooter rides through the town and along the coast. I even miss the echo of the scooters bouncing through our alley in the middle of the night. I was always planning my next trip back. When in Sorrento, I was immersed in the travel world and surrounded by a travel family. Pasquale became a tour director for a large international tour company, traveling from about March to November, but whether he was there or not, home was home. And over time, it was my deep connection to locals the relationships that I built, that made me feel a part of the Italian culture. My heart, my mind, even my values had been shaped by my experiences and by this place. Years passed, and in July 2009, Pasquale dragged me to a friend and colleague's birthday party. I didn't want to go because, at 29, I was mid-pout over the end of a long relationship and moaning about how I would never meet anyone, probably ever again, we were running late to this party, which was in Sorrento, but in the hills just outside of the city. Pasquale never owned a car, one that worked anyway, and so against his better judgment, we took a taxi. Pasquale complained the entire way about how taxis are too expensive and so on, and we arrived at Villa Giovanna to celebrate his friend Ricardo, or Richard, whose family owned the hotel. It was there, in a minibar of sorts, next to a small swimming pool shaped like a keyhole, that I was introduced by Richard to, quote, two real Neapolitan boys, Mario and Mario. <laughs> they were cousins, both tour directors, and both had the last name Mazzocchi. I married the taller one six months later. A few years later, in 2014, about a year and a half after I tragically lost my stepfather, Pasquale. Mario and I decided to move full-time to the village of Monte Chiaro, Vico Equense, just outside of Sorrento, to create new memories in the place that I, that we, loved so much. And to heal. When Pasquale passed away, his home across from Piazza Tasso in Sorrento was put up for sale. And with my family in the United States, we truly felt that the past 15 years had just been a dream. Visiting Sorrento now meant staying in a hotel or with friends, a foreigner after 15 years of being and feeling like a local. Mario's family lives in the center of Naples, still, and at the time their home was only about a five-minute walk to the port. But although Naples has my heart, 
Sorrento's gravity tugged at me when I was there. Every chance I got, I was borrowing a car to drive there, jumping on the hydrofoil, or simply daydreaming. When we first made the jump from the U.S. to Italy, we spent about a month in Naples, staying with Mario's father, looking for a home in or around Sorrento. In this area, it's important to note that many homes are not listed for rent or sale on public websites for multiple reasons. It's all about who you know. So in April, just after our daughter's third birthday, we got into contact with a woman named Stefania, who, along with her husband, owned a real estate agency in Piano di Sorrento. Stefania was from Naples, so we hit it off immediately, and she told us about a home near Sorrento that she thought might be of interest. We had looked at so many places that I wasn't really holding my breath, but regardless, we climbed the tiny alley road up to Monte Chiaro a small village about 10 minutes outside of Sorrento, and met Stefania to have a look at a 500-year-old villa overlooking the Bay of Naples with a direct view of Mount Vesuvius. It was a dream. When we were on our way out the door, of course after having an espresso with Stefania and the owners of the home, an older man in his mid-60s stopped by to say hello. Typical small village. He owned the property on both sides of us one being his family home and the other being a large terraced garden with a clear view of the sea, the most spectacular view I've ever seen to this day. He was introduced as Pasquale. And right then I knew the stars had aligned and my life was on the right path. We moved into the home right next to our wonderful neighbors who became like family, Carla and Pasquale. Since this time, Mario and I have welcomed two more daughters, moved continents once more, and founded, out of inspiration from our personal and professional experiences, a small group tour operating company called Azuro Dream Travel, where we focus on slow travel and the experiences that make us all dream. Because although love, in fact, brought Italy to me and me to Italy, it is the connection that brings me back again and again. So there's this quote by American novelist Erica John. She said, What is the fatal charm of Italy? What do we find there that can be found nowhere else? I believe it is a certain permission to be human, which other places, other countries lost long ago. I think about this a lot. The ability, the permission to be inextricably human. Is it the slow pace of life, the ability to safely indulge, the value for quality over quantity, the focus on simplicity, or the beauty of the landscape? Is it my ability to overlook Italy's flaws in virtue of a culture so deeply rooted in grace? In Italy, there's an unspoken culture to make each experience liberating, welcoming, and full of gratitude. The small chocolate served alongside my cappuccino, greeting others as I enter a store and thanking the owner when I leave. The mental photo I take each time I see a family of five riding one scooter through Naples, without helmets, mind you. Slowly hanging my clothes to dry while sipping an espresso on my balcony, face in the sun, and sitting for hours at dinner time in conversation with loved ones. To each individual who has been touched by this special place, you are listening because you, too, are fascinated with finding that irreplaceable piece of your soul that you're searching for, or maybe that you've left behind. Locali, 
or Locals, is a series of interviews with small business owners in Italy that explores the importance of supporting sustainable or slow travel to establish local human connection so that we create our most memorable travel experiences. This approach to travel not only results in a positive impact on the local economy and community, but these are the stories that make us dream, the moments that change us from the inside out, that give us the permission to be human, and help us create our own Italian love story. You're listening to Locali from Azuro Dream Travel. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Azuro Dream Travel and visit our website at azurodreamtravel.com. The first episode of Locali will be available on July 1st, so don't miss it. Let's create your own Italian love story. Permission to be human, granted. <laughs>